0: Appreciate those kids singing. It did a great job. And thank you for the song, Young People. What a blessing. Proverbs chapter number 17 tonight. We're starting a new chapter. Somebody say amen. amen. Praise God. Starting a new chapter, Proverbs chapter 17. And, um, and I'm excited about tonight. And I love the practicality of the book of Proverbs. And so we'll get our hearts open and, and our minds open And our eyes open. Amen. And and let's see if we can make it all the way through the service tonight. Amen. How many of you think you can make it all the way to the service? Say amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Somebody owes me a pizza. Amen. All right. Proverbs Proverbs chapter 17. Proverbs chapter number 17. Amen. And uh, let's pray and we will dive right in. Father, we love you tonight. It's good to be with God's people. Thank you so much, Lord, for this practical book of wisdom handed down from one generation to another, preserved in pure form for us tonight. And uh, thank you, Lord, for the influence of, uh, of uh, this wisdom in our lives. Help us now to live the things that we learn, please. I need your help. I need your power to communicate tonight your truth in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, if you're new to us with this study, by the way, I, I this is a has nothing to do with the Bible study, but it's interesting. I was looking at some things, looking at some old records, went all the way back to 2009 this morning. And uh, as a church, a couple of things, we're in adult Sunday school. We're averaging more adults in Sunday school than we ever have since uh, I, I, in the history of the church. And right now, we're averaging more on Wednesday night than we ever have in the history of the church. Amen? So thank you for coming on Wednesday night. Amen? And uh, we need that shot and arm in the middle of the week, and I'm so pleased by that. So thank you for your faithfulness. Uh, but uh, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll dig out of this, uh, this practical book tonight and see what we can learn. Proverbs 17, verse number 1. Better is a dry morsel. How many of you like crackers? I like crackers. Amen. How many of you like Ritz crackers? Amen. How many of you be a saltine kind of person? I don't know what's on the Ritz crackers. Maybe it's lots of butter, probably some sugar in there too. But anyway, but the Bible says better is a dry morsel and quietness therewith. It's hard to find quietness just about anymore, isn't it? Did you ever notice yesterday, uh, Sam, Brother Hanks, and I, um, made a visit, and I, I, I don't do this in every house, but a lot of houses I do it because I know how the enemy works. And I uh, came, I came in a house, and uh, well, what a house is, uh, rental, it was a room. It was, a, it was a hotel room, one uh, you, you know, pay by the month. Anyway, and uh, and the TV's going, and uh, and so I came in, introduced myself, and this and that, and it started a friendly conversation. And I said something like, uh, I said, you might if I hit this button right there. I said, I'm the world's worst, can't even keep my own attention, and you know, and I was ready to hit the power button. And the lady said, he'll, turn, he'll do that. He's got the remote. And so the husband muted it. <laughs> and uh, and uh, uh, halfway there. Anyway, uh, so we got down to the gospel. And I said, I'm going to go ahead and turn this off. Is that all right? And I reached for it. And they didn't stop me. Amen. Uh, I witnessed to both of them. And the, the, the husband was at about that close. But neither one of them received Christ. I think maybe the, the wife had been saved years ago and just not in tune with the Lord. I don't know, of course, anybody's heart. But you know, it's the hardest thing in the world, it's the hardest thing in the world to keep attention anymore. By the way, that's why you ought to make your kids sit through the service. I'm going to hammer this. Lord, help me stay on track tonight. That's why you ought to sit through the service. And And a million other times where you ought to be able to sit and focus your attention What does the Bible say? Be still. And know that I'm God. There are things you will never learn about God until you learn to be still. To be quiet. You know, in the quietness, that's when when thoughts begin to bubble up. And that's when the meditations of the heart begin to stir. Stir. And we, we communicate so much, so quickly, we've got a thousand friends about an inch deep. But we don't have a lot of deep friendships or deep thoughts. And it's to our detriment. Now, I, I'm not saying all, all digital communication is unhealthy. Uh, what, I, what I read on Sunday... Um, uh, the, uh, 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 gen, if you weren't here Sunday night, I think it was, Gen Z, Generation Z, that's your teenagers through mid mid and approaching late 20s, are spending uh, nine hours a day in front of a screen, on average, nine hours a day. Uh, now, I'm not saying everything all is bad, but I'm just saying that's, that's a lot of time to be looking here instead of looking here. Have you ever been to a restaurant and two people on their phone together having a date? Texting back and forth across the table, I guess. I don't know. But uh, but, but but let me just say something. It has nothing to do with this verse, but I want to say it. You boys, when you get old enough to where it's time for you to date or court or whatever, for crying out loud, talk to the girl with your mouth. Some of you are ready to get engaged. You never looked at each other. Communicate. And all right, anyway, that was free. Uh, but here's what the Bible said: Better is a dry morsel, and quietness that represents peace, and quietness therewith, than a house full of sacrifices with strife. Now, sacrifices—they sacrifice animals, they sacrifice bullocks, uh, uh, they, they, uh, and other animals, lambs, so forth. So he's talking about, when he says sacrifices, he's talking about feasting. That's what he's talking about. Better is a cracker and peace than a house full of T-bone steaks, porterhouses, sirloin tips with mushroom gravy. Let's close in prayer. Uh, and strife. You can't put a price tag on peace. And you can't swallow it and appeal and you'd be better off, listen, you'd be better off with a little bit and a little and a little peace than you would abundance. Here's a statement if you're writing these down. I hope you will. Home should be a haven of peace. Home should be a haven of peace. Home should be a haven of peace. Why don't you just set it down in your in, in your mind, in your heart, and in your house? Uh, we're gonna be kind to one another. Our home is not gonna be a place of yelling and screaming and bickering and biting. Listen, you know what we used to do to girls when they uh, they, uh, of course, they're angels now. They're perfect now. But anyway, well, if they get at each other, you know what we make them do? Sit on the couch and hold hands. If they fuss and fight with each other, they sit on the couch and hold hands. You want to preach? Go ahead. Then you got it, sit them in a chair face to face, they have to smile and laugh at each other. Uh, Let's try that tonight. You want to try that? Uh, uh, But listen, why don't you make up your mind, why don't you make up your mind that you're not going to fuss and fight with each other. Do you know, listen, look at me. Do you know you could decide tonight, you could could decide in this little Bible study and leave here tonight and go home and say, you know, I'm just not going to do it. I'm not going to fuss. I'm not going to fight. First of all, your kids deserve that. I said, Your children deserve that. And your spouse deserves more respect than that. And you ought to have more personal dignity than that. Yelling at each other. Home ought to be a peaceful place. Amen. Well, we're stressed. We don't pay the bills. Listen, sell the boat, sell the dog. sell your wife's shoes, You independently wealthy, sell your golf clubs, keep the guns, fellas, but anyway, uh, and, and downsize, and, and don't feel like you have to, you don't have to have everything to be happy, there's no price tag on peace, it will take humility, it will take patience, It will take admitting when you're wrong. It will take saying, I'm sorry. It will take giving in. It will take overlooking many things. First, listen. There's a bunch of stuff that goes on in our house that we should never let it bother us. Never let it bother us. It will take overlooking many things. It will take accepting one another. It will take a grateful heart. It will take... Love for others. Romans 12, 18 says, As much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. i got a question for you. Have you really done everything within you to live peaceably? Have you? Have you really? Have you really done everything that lies within you, everything you could do to be at peace? Why not decide that your home is going to be such a place? Verse number 2. A wise servant shall have rule over a son that causeth shame. This is hired help. Shall have rule over a son that causeth shame. And shall have part of the inheritance among the brethren. Here's a statement. Wisdom will win you a place at the table. <laughs> Wisdom. Will win you a place at the table. You know. You know. The sad reality is. I wish I could remember. I've used the illustration before, but I have read and researched. Uh, most businesses, the vast majority of businesses, do not make it from one generation to the second. I wish I could remember what the percentages are. Uh, but anyway, uh, but but most businesses do not make it from the original, uh, 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 the one who started the business, original business owner to the next generation. And even fewer percentage make it to the next generation. Now, why is that? This is the entire explanation, but I do think this is probably a lot of it. The guy who got that thing started, who stayed up late and got up early and broke his back and treated the customers with the greatest respect and paid attention to the little things and went out of the way and did those. That's the guy that built that thing and his heart was in it, his passion was in it. But sadly, sadly, if you come up under that and you don't know what it took to get there, you don't treat it the same. Now let me say something to the staff here. I love you. I think we've got, we've had great staff members all these years. I'm, I'm honestly, we've been so blessed. But I don't know we've ever had a group finer than the group we have now. And I want to say something, staff, listen to me carefully. I want to say this with love, but you have no idea what it took to get here. I'm not talking down to you. I don't expect you to know. But I'm telling you, you don't have any idea. Listen, I'm not, church, I'm not trying to be unkind to anybody here. But if I've learned anything in these 28 years, I've learned this. People are fragile. People are fragile. And you know what I believe? Listen, I believe the closer we get to the Lord's return, the more pressure there's going to be on all of us. Personally, nationally, work-related. I mean, just pressures everywhere. And it's going to take walking in the Spirit of God. Not to take offense, not to give offense, not to be at each other's throat, it's going to take the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Now, listen, 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 listen. Please, 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 listen to me. Um, if if you're a boss, if you work for a boss that built a business, he well, but I don't know why he does that." Exactly. Well, I don't understand why. Exactly. You don't understand. <laughs> Do you hear yourself? So why don't you trust the guy? That built that business is well. I got a great idea. Okay, you may have a good idea. Why don't you be loyal to him and work hard until one day he says, "What do you think?" And then you can give your good idea. Amen. I'm not trying to demean anybody. I hope you understand. I'm not trying to demean anybody, but I'm saying, listen. There, 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 there is. Here's a guy. Here's a guy who had some wisdom. In this verse is a guy who had wisdom, and because he had wisdom, he ends up the boss. Over the boss's son, <laughs> he becomes in charge of the guy who's supposed to be the heir to the whole thing. Amen. Now, how did he do that? He had no title, but he had character. He had wisdom, and uh, and and, he, and it promoted him. Wisdom will win you a place at the table. Promotions, opportunities will open you, uh, open to you, even passing over the boss's own children. Daniel, Joseph, Mordecai, Esther. The Bible full of examples, right? Good night, Esher was an outcast. Uh, Haman wanted to have slaughtered, just like Hamas wants to slaughter uh, the Israelites. Uh, let, me, let me just say something real, uh, let, me, let, me, let me give you a little history lesson. And this boy, this is going to offend, I'm sure. Let me give you a little history lesson. The Palestinians are Lebanese, Jordanians, uh, 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 Syrians. Palestinians is like saying southerners. There's never been a nation of Palestine. Do you understand this? There's never been a nation. It's a region. Like the south is a region. Southerner doesn't mean your bloodline. It means where you live, where you congregated. Now, uh, this, 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 these, these, these uh, indoctrination camps... These Ivy League indoctrination camps. We, we've, we've, we've fed this behemoth called, called higher education until it is regurgitating a hatred for Israel. It's being defended by people who spend $70,000 for a year of education. And what do they get? They get a heart filled with hatred. they Israel supplies the water. Israel supplies the electricity. There would be, there would be, no water. There would be no heat. Israel gives that to their neighbor, and we're all supposed to hate Israel because they turn the water off of the people they're trying to slaughter them. Now, you listen to me very carefully. Boy, I'm really on a rabbit trail now. Let's see Where'd we, how did we get here? Oh, Mordecai. Yeah, I know how we got there. But uh, Esther was hated, just like just like the Jews are hated today. It's satanic. Goes all the way back to uh, Genesis, where uh, the seed of the woman in between, between the seed of the woman and the serpent. It's satanically inspired. And and and, but let me tell you something. Esther and Mordecai. They found a place at the table. They weren't looking for a place at the table, but they were people with wisdom who believed and trusted God and walked with God and God promoted them, didn't He? Amen. Listen, young people, listen, don't you ever get called to this? Well, you know, so and so's got privilege because their parents this or their parents that or this or that. Look, you say, there may be some truth to that. Is the word nepotism? Is that a, that's a word, isn't it? Somebody, anybody know? That's a word. That means somebody, I think family members get favored, I think is what it means. Uh, Are y'all impressed? Nepotism. That's a big word, isn't it? All right. Put that in your notes. Uh, But anyway, so, yeah, okay, sure. I'm not sure, you know, why you would begrudge that. I mean, you know, I mean, I would think probably any dad would maybe want to show a little favor to his own kid. Uh, I don't think this is exactly wicked, uh, maybe maybe a little unjust or whatever, but don't you get caught in this victim mentality there. Everybody's got advantages that I don't have. You just be what you ought to be and exercise wisdom and have character and work hard. Keep a good attitude and don't complain and show up when you're supposed to be there. And work a little late. And you know what? You'll find a seat at the table. Amen? Amen. Listen, there is no shortage of jobs. There's shortage of laborers. Do you know why globalists love the welfare state? By the way, the welfare state is the antithesis of what the Lord Jesus Christ taught in the parables. When he said, take from the man who has one talent and give to the man who has ten. He wasn't teaching take from the poor and give to the rich. He was saying take from the non-producer and give to the producer. Our society punishes productivity. And takes a greater percentage of the productives pro, uh, product and gives it to the non-producers. And that's unbiblical. And we have created an entire class of people. I, I know I'm painting with a broad brush. Please give me some grace. I'm not trying to demean an entire group. But we have encouraged uh, 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 lethargy. We have encouraged uh, 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 laziness and slothfulness. By rewarding non-productivity. That's what we've done. And the globalists love it. Why? Because if you can cripple a person, now you've made them dependent. And now you can be their salvation. Vote for me. We'll give you more stuff. We'll give you a free fill in the blank. It is unbiblical. And it is crippling our nation. The Bible still says, if you're too sorry to work, and you don't deserve to eat. Now, I didn't say that. It's what God said. If a man will, not, if a man can't, if a man will not work, neither should he eat. That's what the Bible said. So stand up, work hard, exercise wisdom, and there will be a seat at the table for you. Listen, when I started dating my wife, let me brag on her for a minute. When I started dating Miss Shook, she was working about $155 a week. She was working about 50 hours a week. Uh, she wasn't required to, but she did. And it wasn't enough to pay her bills. And she ran a paper out in the morning. She worked the bus route all day on Saturday. Is involved in the ministry, teaching Sunday school, running the bus all day on Sunday. Fifty-hour work weeks and a bus uh, and a paper route from I think about four o'clock to two, or three hours in the morning. Uh, and that's why that's why I let her do all the work at the house because she loves to work <laughs> uh, But listen, no, no. When she went to college. Uh, she wasn't a a superstar everybody didn't know who who she was but uh, I was watching her and I'm somebody Uh, that didn't come out right (laughs) God was watching her amen And, and, and boy I noticed her amen and you just be what you ought to be, and God will have a place for you. Number, verse number 3. The fining pot is for silver. All right? That's the refining pot. That's where you put silver in a, in a, in a kettle, and you put the fire underneath of it, and it purifies the silver. Uh, Take away the dross, and there shall come forth a vessel for the finer. The Bible says elsewhere. The fining pot is for silver, and the furnace for gold. Same thing for gold. You know gold? When you heat gold, I read... I, I didn't bring it to the pulpit, but I read an article about gold, uh, and, uh, and purifying gold, and, uh, uh, uh do, 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 do you know, a, a strand of gold, oh boy, uh, it, 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 about the size of a thread, it's like one, uh, anyway, a tiny little thread of gold is strong enough to hold 500 pounds, suspended, and, um. If it's not 500 pounds, it's 5 pounds. But anyway, uh, I remember the 500 part. Uh, but it was, it was incredible. It's like a little strand of gold. Suspend it. You have a whole 500 pounds. Suspended. And the more heat you put to it, you can you cannot destroy it. It just purifies it. The furnace for gold. But here's the truth. The Lord, but the Lord trieth the hearts. Now, young people, I'm going to give you a statement. And honestly, as a part of me that wishes it wasn't true, but it is. Write it down. Trials are necessary for success. Trials are necessary for success. Trials purify. Trials mature. Trials beautify. Trials force us. To grow. The Bible says the Lord try that. He uses the two illustrations. Of gold and silver. And it takes heat. It takes fire. To purify that silver. And to purify that gold. And God is talking about the fiery trials of our life. And what is it meant to do? It's meant to purify our hearts. Like the fire purifies the gold. And purify the silver. The world. Young people. The world. Is most interested in a shiny outside. God's Furnace. Makes us shiny on the inside. Amen? Makes us shine within. Uh, Job 5 7. Man is born unto trouble as the sparks fly upward. Young people, look at Pastor for just a moment. Let's be children, little children. Look at me. All the young people, listen to me. Look at me right here. The fire is coming to your life. It's coming. I, I wish there's a part of me that wishes were not true. That you would never have to go through the fire. Children, you will have to go through the fire. The Bible said it this way Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. Here's, here, listen, you know what happens to a lot of people? <gasps> oh, why me? Oh, what? whatever the trial is. And God said, don't, don't, don't act like this, something strange happened to you because you went through the fire. I, like you, have befriended and known some of the finest people you could ever meet. I've pastored many of the finest people you could ever meet that sat in these pews, in these seats over the years. Who have been through the fire? Betrayal. That's a tough one. Infidelity. That's a tough one. Emotional unfaithfulness. Let me just say this. Emotional unfaithfulness is unfaithfulness. Disloyalty. Abandonment instability listen to me carefully when you st- young people when you stand at the altar one day and you say for better or for worse now you're not thinking about it when you're at the altar but when the unthinkable comes listen to me listen to me listen to me you won't need this now but you might need it in 20 years when the unthinkable comes into your life ask yourself what's the worst thing that could happen to my home And then remember your altar. Are you listening? The fire is going to come. I don't want it to come. But some people, listen to me, some people are destroyed by the fire and some people like Job come forth as gold. I'm trying to prepare you. Some of the finest people I have ever known and sat in these seats have endured disease, loss of limbs, traumatic brain injuries, Lou Gehrig's disease, crippling arthritis, multiple sclerosis, muscular dystrophy, all manner of tumors, brain tumors, uh, tumors everywhere. We did the Funeral for the conjoined twins was held here in this service, in this auditorium. Many miscarriages, heart attacks, Alzheimer's, early death, slow, agonizing death, sudden death, untimely death, suicide, murder, manslaughter, death at the hands of a drunk driver. Accidental death, deadly automobile accidents, deadly motorcycle accidents, deadly four-wheeler accidents, cancers, a simple fall, leaving some paralyzed and some permanently disabled, widows, widowers. At one time, we had two children in our church whose father murdered their own mother. And we had an adult lady who watched her father murder her mother while she hid under a bed now young people I'm not trying to be depressed you tonight but I'm just telling you we live in a sin sick world and there's trials coming into your life and you better get connected to God and have something that will sustain you when the unthinkable comes into your life God can use that horrible thing in your life to purify you and make you gold but sadly, many people become bitter and backslidden. Would you think, if listen, if you're away from God tonight, would you just go back in your mind and ask yourself exactly why? And when you get your mind focused on that thing that just drives you nuts and makes you so mad and gives you a reason to have a bad attitude, then why don't you go over to John 19 and live there for about 30 minutes and get a good look at Calvary and what Jesus did for you hanging on that cross You haven't been mistreated. He was mistreated. I'm not justifying and I'm not belittling anyone's pain or anybody's trial. But young people, listen to me. It will come to you. But you remember what the Bible said. The Lord trieth the hearts. That's the Lord trying to purify your life. I'm not saying... That God did that thing to you. Sometimes we say, well, God allowed this to happen. I'm not even saying God allowed it. I'm saying that God can use it to bring you forth as gold. Job said it this way. He knoweth the way that I take. And when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Verse 4. The Bible says, A wicked doer giveth heed... To false lips. And a liar giveth ear. To a naughty tongue. In, in my notes here. I underlined the word wicked. Then I underlined the word liar. And then I underlined the word naughty tongue. And as I understand this verse. represents three different people. Here's what I wrote down as a thought for this verse. Wicked people feed off each other. Did you ever notice that? Wicked people feed off each other. Wickedness seems to run in packs. So stay away from the pack. Amen. The wicked man, according to this verse, listens to the liar. And the liar gives his ear to the naughty man. And they're all in the same dirty circles. So stay out of that circle. Now, young people, listen to me. You may think that you can afford one bad association, one bad friend in your life. But listen to me carefully. When you allow the wrong kind of friend to influence you, you are not just allowing their influence. You are allowing the influence of all the other wicked people who influence that individual. Here's what you say. Well, I'm going to salvage them. You don't get off the rock in the mud to pull somebody out of the mud. You stay on the rock. Amen? You stay on the rock. The Bible said in this verse, a wicked doer, look at the second, uh, 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 verse, first part of the verse. A wicked doer giveth heed to false lips. A wicked doer giveth heed to false lips. Look, look at it. If you want to do something wicked it's really not too hard to find somebody who says, oh, go ahead, ain't that's no big deal. That's not really that hard to find. <laughs> I mean, this world is full of people who just have no regard for what is right. So if you want to do something, if you want to cheat, if you want to lie, if you want to steal, if you want to be dirty, there's not too many people, it's not too hard to find somebody who will encourage you in that. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Young people, listen. All of us, all of us, not just young people, all of us, if you're doing things today you weren't doing a year ago or listening to things you weren't listening to a year ago or wearing things you weren't wearing a year ago or going places you weren't going a year ago, I got a question. Who told you it was okay? Where'd you get that? (laughs) Huh? Where'd you get it? Who told you it was okay? Listen, I I don't... by God's grace, I want to be consistent. I know that I fail, and I have to confess all the time to the Lord. But God helping me, I don't want to stand in this pulpit one day and apologize for things that we used to believe and used to do and not do. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. And you, are, in your personal life, you ought to want the same thing. Amen? Look, if it was right 20 years ago, why is it not still right today? Amen. It was right then, right now. Verse number five: Whoso mocketh the poor reproacheth his maker. See, look here. Here's what you thought. You thought you was making fun of that weird kid, but the Bible says you were making fun of God. You thought you were snickering. Because the kid had dirty clothes. You thought you were snickering him. But you were snickering at God. That's what the verse says. Whoso mocketh the poor reproacheth his maker. And he that is glad at calamities shall not be unpunished. A calamity is any great misfortune or cause of misery. That which brings great distress upon individuals. Webster's 18.28 says Now, here's a statement. God takes it personally when we mock others. God takes it personally. God takes it personally. It it takes a very small person to think that a dollar bill makes you somebody. That a pair of sneakers makes you somebody. That a vehicle makes you somebody. You know, some cars, if you drive them, you're not allowed to look at the people at the light next to you. It's just sort of like an unwritten rule. Some cars are so amazing that you just look ahead like you don't notice all the people googly-eyeing at your car. You're above that. So you just look straight ahead. My favorite thing to do is a really fancy car. Is get a guy that goes, wow, man, awesome car. Like he don't care. Inside he's going, oh yeah, I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man. Ah, come on, man. If God bless me with something, enjoy it, Amen. But don't stick your nose in the air over a car don't stick your nose in the air over a pair of tennis shoes uh, D- David Peltzer wrote his book and um, at the time they said it was the worst child abuse case in the, in the history of California his mother used food to torture him starve him uh, He unspeakable things happened to this man and he uh, And then when he went to school, he was dirty, he was thin, he was malnourished, he was backward because of the abuse. And he got a daily dose of being mocked by his classmates. Now, young people, listen very carefully. (laughs) There's a little principle in the Bible, and it says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Now, you may think that you can stick your nose in the air and have fun at someone else's expense. But don't think that you will not reap what you have sown. You know, we all do dumb things. Mr. Cook, for example. Uh, (laughs) We all do dumb things. We all have idiosyncrasies. Listen, everybody in this room has a funny something. Some of us got funny noses. Some of us got funny feet. Some of us got a funny accent. Some of us talk normal. Uh, some of us have funny ears, a funny walk. You say, why is that? Because God likes variety. Amen? Now listen. I, I, listen. Let me tell you what this verse doesn't teach. This verse does not teach this hypersensitivity that's being shoved down our throats. If the whole world is offended, it seems. That's not what God's talking about. Every one of God's people ought to be able to laugh at ourselves and no one ought to be overly sensitive to the social jostling that goes on on every playground in America. But, if you do, listen carefully, If you do, young people, have some blessing or some privilege or some advantage or some talent that others don't, and you think yourself superior for it, you are reproaching your maker. God did not give you, listen, girls, God did not give you that pretty face so you could be a snob. And I'm not trying to be cruel, I'm going to be frank. But God can rearrange that pretty face in one car accident. That's, that's a fact. You boys have a little talent. Then you ought to take some kid that's got two left feet <laughs> under your wing. Are you too good to teach a kid, 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 teach kid how to dribble basketball? You, listen. Some of you kids, now you listen to me carefully right now. I'm gonna get you by the short hair on your neck. Listen to me carefully. I have watched, our, our youth pastors with is out of town tonight, but I have watched, and he would testify this, I have watched the most awkward kids with idiosyncrasies come into youth group and be loved without condition and 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 blossom because of love and because of acceptance and because of prayer. And because of the power of the word of God and become socially established, and then become a snob. And more than once I have wanted to grab a kid by the nap of his neck and say, do you remember how weird you were? Did we mistreat you, weirdo? And now the whole world's stupid to you. Now, you better, you better, what you better do, kid, is you better grow up and humble yourself. First of all, we do love you, weirdo. <laughs> uh-huh. We do. We do. I, no, it's not perfect. I, again, kids, insecure kids do stupid things and trying to figure out who they are, where they're at. But I'm talking about, generally speaking, I think you're at a place tonight where people love you and accept you. Amen? That's where you are. Now, now if you flourish in that, then you need to give that away to somebody else. Amen. That's that's why I love the bus ministry. I love the bus ministry. I love the bus ministry. I love that our kids are investing in others and learning to love others and growing and maturing by doing so. Verse number six. Children's children are the crown of old men. (laughs) And the glory of children are their fathers. Amen? Amen. You know, uh, kids say, my dad can beat up your dad. Amen? The glory of children are their fathers. There's something about uh, a kid being proud of his dad. Amen? Now, Dad, listen, look at me. Dad, you be somebody your kids should be proud of. Don't let your kid 20 years from now Learn something about you that's going to destroy their faith. You be somebody that can be admired. Amen. And uh, I heard about these kids. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> these kids they were talking in the playground. I said, "My dad is amazing. My dad, my dad's a, a fireman, and 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 uh, he gets off work and he gets off work six o'clock, and he's he's home by six thirty. Wow." Man, kids I, the other kid said, Ain't nothing. My dad's an attorney. He, he gets off work at six o'clock. He gets home. He's on by six fifteen. Wow, another kid said, Ain't nothing. My dad works for the state. He gets off at four o'clock and is home by 2 30. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Will you tell your dad I said that now? <laughs> but everybody kids won't be proud of their dad. Amen. Now dad, give him something to be proud about. Give him something to be proud about. Amen. Now, here's, here, here's where we're going with this. Children's children are the crown of old men. Children's children are the crown of old men. We talked about a crown a few verses, but remember that? The hoary head, the gray head is a crown. Amen? The white hair, when it's found in the way of righteousness, is a crown. Amen? Now, some of you guys uh, don't have white hair, but you have a crown. A bright and shiny crown with no hair on it. Anyway, you uh, uh, can make a song about that. Uh, anyway, uh, but... but But here, the Bible again alludes to the aged in terms of royalty. Here's what I want to say. Wise children treat grandparents like royalty. Wise children treat grandparents like royalty. Now listen, when you're a little kid... And Grandpa buys you ice cream, and takes you to the zoo, and bounces you on his knee, and you ride him like a horsey around the living room. All's good and well. And when you get uh, when he uh, 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 takes you to the zoo, and you're your junior age, and then you get up, and uh, now you're in junior high school, and you still like. My pop, pop or uh, Papa or Gramps or Grandpa or Granddaddy or whatever. And me Meemaw, she's the best and all that. Now, wait a minute, kids. Now, listen to me carefully. When you get a little older and you're not into ice cream cones and zoo trips anymore, don't forget Grandpa. Don't forget Grandma. Do you know what every single young person, and parents, I'm going to challenge you to do this. Listen to me carefully. Young people, you ought to be perfectly comfortable perusing the halls of a nursing home. You ought to be perfectly comfortable. And by the way, parents, if you want them that way, start young. Little kids, I'm not saying it's wrong. kids sometimes naturally have fear, something they haven't seen before. That's why they're afraid. See, somebody that doesn't that hold their bodily functions well, maybe drools, maybe they don't speak well. I, I visited a nurse home last week, and one lady crashed in in the nurse home last week, a sweet experience. And the little lady next to her just, she was, she was all crippled up like this, and her mouth drooped, and slobber coming out. And, and she. And she's <laughs> now, you take your children. And show them how to love the unlovely. Do you, kids, are you listening to me? Do you know what a difference you can make to someone who doesn't have much to offer you anymore? Now, let me tell you something. One of the sure signs that you are growing up, that you are actually maturing, is when you no longer live for yourself, but you begin to live for other people. Now, children, listen to me. Young people, you young men, listen to me. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. You ought to find some unloved and some unlovely people. And you ought to just shower them with love. It'll change your attitude. You won't be a smart aleck anymore. It'll change your attitude. The cocky will just knock the cocky right off of you. When you go home and you lay in your bed at night and you think about people hurting people, broken people, people less fortunate, and you learn to love and you learn to care. That's when you're growing Look, you're not growing up because you can throw a basketball in a hoop. That doesn't make you grown up. You're not growing up because you're taller than your daddy now. You're not grown up because your voice changed. Congratulations. I'm a, uh, I'm, a, I'm a man. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna build a quartet around Adrian DePaz. Amen. I don't care who else is in the party. I just want to hear him sing. Anyway. <laughs> but, but listen, you're, you're not mature because you can you because you can dunk a basketball. Uh, you're mature when you learn to live for others. Treat those grandparents like royalty. Amen. Take time. Little kids, look at it. All the little children, wake up. I know half of you are sleeping. Look at, Pastor, we're done. we done. Moms are like, really? Yes. we be done at this point. All the little ones look at me. All the little ones look at me. Young people, kiddos, look at me. Listen, I know you like to have fun, and I want you to have fun at church. I know you like to be with your friends. I enjoy that. But, young people, listen to me. If somebody wants your attention, pause and give it to them. Now, please let me help you. Can I say this is a little sensitive, too. Please don't mess with the kids beyond the parents' comfort level. Don't kiss all over them. Is that okay? Their parents may not like that. Is that everybody okay? Pastor. <laughs> yeah, I have to be re, be respectful to one another. You, you, if somebody don't want you to pick up their kid, don't pick up their kid. Sometimes people don't want People touching their little babies—that's okay. That's a, That's all right. But children, listen. i was taught to children. I was taught the children. I got taught to adults. <laughs> children, listen to me. Listen, kids, listen to me. Don't run past and step on people, and run through this auditorium and run over somebody. Look, there's people. If somebody speaks to you, stop and stop and and look. And, and, and by the way, moms and dads, you got you have to teach them this. You have to train them to do this. Amen. And, and and kids, look at. We love you and we want to be nice to you, but don't come up and ask anything twenty seven times in a row. That's selfish. It's unthoughtful. Uh, listen, I know you're young, but I expect each generation. Listen, I gotta quit. I'm saying I'm gonna close my Bible. I expect, and I think the parents are here with me, expect each generation that's growing up in, an, in, in a good church like this or any other church like this, a good church with good training and good parents, good training at home, and, and, and church supporting what mom and dad's trying to do. That, you ought to be better than the generation before you. You ought to take what was given you and build on it. Amen? And uh, I, I watch our youth uh, win souls and our youth fast and pray and and, and and very light, how, how many understand? How many would say, Pastor, a lot of the kids in this church are light years ahead of where I was when I was that age? Would you raise your hand just as a testimony? Look around the auditorium. Now, kids, listen to me. To whom much is given, much shall be required. We have a right to expect that of you. God has a right to expect that of you because of what God's given you. Let's stand together. Amen. And we will be back.